left my door open and my cat's meowing at me. Oh. Meow. <laughs> you know I like to talk to your cats. I'd forgotten. Meow. 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 Hey. Are we ready to do season two? Are we ready to finally get it in gear? I think people have waited long enough. You know they have. But here we <laughs> it's are. It's pretty sad. E- Wait, ease the suffering. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about how long we've taken between seasons. I'm going to apply that sweet, sweet backer's ointment. Mmm. Season two, baby. Schwang. Hello and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns on Kickstarter and each pick a campaign to back. We are your hosts, Chris Rump and Brian Dupuy. And this week, we went to Kickstarter to back projects that will make a task in our lives more efficient. Efficiency. Life hacks, baby. Life hack! Brian, we're back. Season two. What are we doing Season here? two, dog. Yeah. Doing? How was your break? My break was fantastic. Uh, it went on a little too long, I guess, but uh, I spent it in good ways. You know, we, we had part of it was spring break. So went on a spring break trip while we cogitated and brainstormed on what season two was going to look like. And then you went somewhere, didn't you? I just had a random guys weekend sort of thing to do nothing other than board ourselves up in a house for four days and play board games. (laughs) That's right. How did that go? Was it enjoyable? It was great. We never caught up about that. It was great. We we finally got around to playing Gloomhaven. Remember <gasps> that project that I backed? I do, yeah. Before season one, it finally came in. And I think we played probably about 24 hours worth of Gloomhaven. Goodness gracious. In, in total. So over the course of three days, just got in And how in. was it received? It was great. I mean, really it is everything I think that it's been heralded heralded by the community as as the best dungeon crawler out there. It was, wow. it was fantastic. So two thumbs That's up. That's great. Yeah. Huge endorsement. I can't believe how much content is packed into that game. It is <laughs> in it absolutely insane. It's like eleven or twelve different scenarios. Each scenario takes around two hours to play, about thirty minutes per person. Hmm. You know, okay. the table, so it's a four player game. Yeah. And I really feel like we just barely scratched the amount of, you know, the surface of the content that's in the box. It's crazy. That is pretty crazy. And it's cool, too. It's like this living living campaign system. So it's a legacy game. And as you go, you are tearing up cards as you go, and you're actually what? taking stickers and applying them to the game. It's only meant to be played through one time. What? And they have they sell these like vinyl stick on packs where you could play the game in a way that you could reset it back to default. But with the set I have, we're just playing it through and and, and destroying it as you go. Yeah, I just figure there's so much content there. If I ever play through all that's there one time through, I'll you know I feel like that the weekend we played, I got my money's worth out of it alone. You'll consider it a good investment, right? And okay. if I ever wanted to do it again, just buy another box set and. I didn't know there were such. I'll be honest. I didn't know there were such things that there's a games that you play that you just burn the pieces <laughs> as you go. Yeah, and 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 you're done, and never again shall those ever be played. Yeah, another great one is a uh, pandemic legacy. Huh. I've heard where, of pandemic, but so they took pandemic and then they applied this legacy mechanic to it, where as you go, as you play a game of pandemic. 
if you are if you win or if you lose that influences what happens the next game so you may you may get to name one of the one of the outbreaks one of the viruses and you write that on the board there are cards in the game that you will tear up or or new new packages that when you unlock certain key events you put new things into play it's it's really cool it's like dlc for video games that's how they're that's how they're getting their additional revenue over time yeah they don't want you to just buy one monopoly set in 1976 and hand it down to your grandchildren until the end of time they want you to tear everything in the in the name of gameplay they want you to tear everything up and, and start afresh so that then you have to buy it again it it's, feels it's, that way it's but brilliant it is brilliant but it also is really interesting because whatever dude if, if you play the game through them. a second time <laughs> the game's going to completely unfold with a different narrative than you played it through the first time so yeah to your point they actually did sell pandemic legacy in two different colored boxes so if you were playing with different groups you could easily keep okay the red box i play with this group and the blue box i play over here with this group <laughs> and at the end of those journeys those two two games are going to have played out with a totally different storyline hmm. just just based on the things that happen nah. the wins the losses the decisions the players make at the game it's cool They're really really neat ideas cool so so, so yeah that's what i did and then you know life catches up and allergies catch up and suddenly we're five weeks away from season one or however long it's been it's kind of crazy i missed you man I know, buddy. You so, were off. Huh? What was you I? were off just laying on a beach. Well, yeah. That's what I do. Getting all tan. <laughs> yeah. That was a good trip. So, what is season two? What was season two? What were our ideas for season two? I think both of us agreed that that we had done our, our penance, if you want to say, in season one. That exploration... Of categories come hell or high water we're gonna find something in a category that maybe we have almost no interest in and delve into it and try to pick the diamonds in the rough and back those i think we both felt like that was a a, a bit of a, a i don't want to call it a slog but it required considerable effort and discipline <laughs> and maybe we had earned a bit of a rest and recovery and recuperation and enjoy the fruits of our labor for season two. We deserve a treat. We yeah. deserve dessert. <laughs> yes. So season two is going to be a full exploration of the theater category. <laughs> a dozen episodes. And dance. And dance. Yeah. We will alternate. We will not do this. <laughs> I don't think, I don't have the stamina for that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Chris did put that, in the show notes, I have to share. It was in the show notes in the in the intro, and I panicked because I was like, "No, we cannot." I, I'd <laughs> accidentally. It wasn't even it. a joke. I just accidentally copied over just, or the <laughs> intro from previous ep- the last episode that we had done just to put as a placeholder there, and you were like, "No," <laughs> I panicked. So, since we're not going to explore the categories, then it became, well, what do we do? An idea was just a free-for-all. Every fortnight, we just find the absolute coolest thing that pops into our eyesight and back it and discuss it. I think 
I think that has some positives in that we <laughs> we always get the coolest thing that we want for a fortnight, but it was also a little too nebulous, maybe. Well. Not as directed, not as... Right. It doesn't really give, I guess, a cohesive feel or target. Right. Attempts, whatever for each episode. So we were still looking for that. What's the conflict? That's what it is, right? If you can always just pick anything in the world, there's no conflict. There's no thought aside from her, her, I like it, right? Yeah. So then it was Chris and I both brainstormed. I think you were the one that came up with the themes idea, right? Yeah, I think I got to that one after I was like, we could do an interview show. Where we try to mm. get participants from Kickstarter campaigns, you know, that are on the other side, that are creators on the program. But boy, that just sounded like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and that's not to say that we won't. I think that's been part of that, yeah, at least my goal at least once was to be an honest to God you know, journalist and be like, Hey, here's a platform for you to share more about something that you're passionate about. Let's get, dig a little deeper into a creator of one of these campaigns and find out some more insights into it, what it's like behind the scenes and get a little more content that way. I think, I think I would still love to do that, but making a show entirely about that yeah, we both have day jobs. <laughs> I don't know that there's enough time. And you've got Nathan the Destructor. So <laughs> probably yeah. not the wisest thing for us to attempt at this point. Yeah, I think it's a great concept. It's just, like I said, the the time commitment just seemed really, really pretty, uh, pretty high on that one. Yeah, so then we settled on, let's just have a theme for for each episode. We would kind of do it thematically we would focus in on and we haven't even gone i think we still have work to do on our side to sketch out what all of our episodes for the season will be but this week we are looking at as i said in the intro efficiency or life hacks right so with that in mind we went to kickstarter and uh we're able to try and find something that meets that goal and along the way of course when you're digging on kickstarter there are tons of other things to unearth that <laughs> are really fun and maybe don't fit that that topic in mind but um we'll have those for discussion too in the mentionable zone oh yeah that's coming back um car plute <laughs> yes was it did i get it yeah yeah yes uh my old brain works so so that's season two in a nutshell. And the other part about it that I thought was pretty cool theme-wise is we could get our listeners to suggest a theme. We don't necessarily have to come up with the entire list for the entire season up front because if if a listener has a theme that they would find interesting that they want to suggest and if we find it compelling, why not? We can toss it in there and I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, for sure. Moving on now. So, is this where I get to talk about my Merce? Can I, <laughs> can I talk about my Merce? That was, yeah. 
<laughs> now, do you want to just do that for season two? Just <laughs> talk about that, and maybe we'll we'll do the themes in season three. We can just have fourteen to fifteen episodes of Chris singing about his merch. Because I just looked up and saw a note that I was like, should I even put this in the show notes? I didn't put it where you could see it. <laughs> well, I was like, I want to talk about my merch. Were you ashamed? You probably didn't know that my, my merch is a a peak design, a, which they owe their success design? to Kickstarter. Oh, I, okay. I even looked it up that Peak Design's original Kickstarter for their everyday, everyday sling, everyday backpack is the 10th Highest funded project ever on Kickstarter. Wow. Two years ago, they raised $6.5 million with 26,000 backers. How much? $6.5 million. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that slots them in at the number 10 spot overall for, for highest a merch? funded project. Well, the, the project they came out with in 2016 was for a backpack and a sling. I think that was a 10-liter sling. And this is, you know, a company that was making these products, these backpacks and, and slings for, they're, they're essentially camera bags. Mm. Of course, you can use them for all purpose, for, for computer bags or even for travel. Or immerse. Um, or immerse. And then <laughs> recently they came out with a scaled down version of their sling. They did not go to Kickstarter for this one, but it's that little five liter bag that I ended up picking up. Okay. So. And you're so proud of it. It's so Cute. <laughs> I, I found so much to like about that little bag. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm for certain segments of consumer products. It's just so endearing. Mm. You, your pens, your bags. My pens, my bags. Your Apple products. The Peak Design Everyday Sling 5 liter. Your uh, notebooks. Mm-hmm. Shoes and hats. <laughs> it's just, it, it makes me so happy. <laughs> makes me happy, too. <laughs> All right. Oh. Let's move into the discussion zone for random crowdfunding stuff this time. You found a good one. There's an article going on uh, on BuzzFeed about... Kickstarter Perry Chin founder worship tur- turmoil. <laughs> it's a good it's link. It's a long article. And I don't know. The question I had just that I came away from that was like, what is going on inside Kickstarter? Yeah. Uh, it I, just sounds like things are insane. It, yeah. I mean, admittedly, I'm, I'm no Kickstarter historian. You know, I'm not that... Jedi guarding the, the holocron in this matter. I mean, I'm not even the Samuel Tarley that's emptying the chamber pots in the Kickstarter <laughs> Maester Citadel. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going on over there. I haven't had a whole lot of interest in what's what's happening beyond the veil. You know, the cult, corporate culture they're in, all that stuff. Our focus for this podcast is just mainly on the community-facing aspects of Kickstarter, right? We... We look at the projects and the creators, and I guess we use the platform as its intended purpose. Right. We look at the projects. We're exposed to innovative new ideas, product categories even, and when we're so moved, then we become backers of the project that we try to put up some capital um, in exchange, hopefully, for, uh, in many cases, a product. 
But man, I saw this story from BuzzFeed and I just became super intrigued with what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a happy type of situation by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, in looking at it, it really feels like this initial founder, you know, didn't really, like you said, didn't really want to relinquish control of the company and didn't like the direction they went after he had essentially relinquished control. But the types of things that he's done since getting back as if not the CEO, then nominally acting CEO, it just sounds like a miserable, (laughs) right? So they backtrack. He came back in and backtracked everything that they'd done. So they hired this new CEO, pulled in a bunch of executives that were used to turning the culture of a company from that startup crazy atmosphere into a more mature, uh, focused group. They had roadmaps. They had all this good stuff. And Chen just came in and said, no, we're scrapping everything that you guys did. We're going back to the freewheeling days. And that wasn't necessarily what the teams wanted, right? Right. So, I mean, in broad strokes, Kickstarter was founded back in 2009 by three guys, Perry Chen, who's kind of the central player in all this discussion, Yancey Strickler, who up until last year was the CEO, and Charles Adler. So, and there's a, a great uh, like infographic or timeline inside mm-hmm. this article that shows <laughs> how everything sort of played out from 2001, where Perry Chen had the idea, you know, the concept, all the way to 2009, where he, with the other two co-founders, created the company. And then 2012, you know, you could really see it was just ramping up. It was it was blowing up, exploding. And when a company goes that direction, you need to get some maturity in place in order to to bring some sanity to the chaos. You just right. can't sustain that. Uh, at least I, I don't imagine you really can. Once you have that much growth, sustain the, the crazy, just <laughs> whatever culture was going on there previously. Yeah. Um, sounds like even through... Strickler's turn as CEO that Chin was always sort of in the background right, right. some things. Yep. And then, yeah, I guess Strickler was ousted last year. Chin came back in and not even in a way where it's like he was named CEO right away. It was sort of eh, interim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're looking for the right guy. And then this year, 2018, he says, yeah, I'm the CEO. And then we've got to talk about dinosaurs, dude. <laughs> Yeah, please, go for it. Because that's just the craziest part, where I guess he came back in, and as you were saying, wanted to shake it up and get Mm -hmm. back to their startup roots. And he's just started pulling these stunts, where, you know, one of the stories is that he had people dressed like dinosaurs just coming into the the office and doing performance (laughs) art. It's... It's I'm trying to like, imagine quote, that. Quoting from the article, employee. it says, At first, employees thought it was good, dumb fun. But later in the week, sources said, The dinosaurs wandering around all day started to interfere with work. Finally, one afternoon, the dinosaurs came in with a troop of performers <laughs> dressed in army garb, playing saxophones and stomping around. A handful of employees walked out. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to picture that as an employee. You know what I mean? 
you're trying to work. And the other part that I really, that really makes it, I get it is at first employees thought it was good, dumb fun, right? (laughs) And they kind of make it sound like, you know, in the first minutes of it, they were like, oh yeah, this is, this is kind of fun. But if you follow that up with later in the week, that means (laughs) multiple days, right? I'm trying to picture dinosaurs just running amok all day long for several days. What? It, I just don't get it. How does anyone think that's going to do anything but annoy the crap out of everyone? It just, I, it, mm. It's just boggling. I mean, we have, I think, a pretty fun environment in our workplace. Sure. You know, we even have times where people have come through the hallways pushing an ice cream cart, right, and making... Uh, root beer floats for people as they go by and it's fun with a little ice cream music playing you know it's it's lively it's kind of a silly little thing but it's not a week worth of dinosaurs mobbing your office and people playing saxophones i just don't know yeah it's so weird it is that's Um, fantastic well hopefully they can get their house in order because you know they've got a considerable amount of backers and creators that are depending on them not folding because of their mismanagement. So hopefully they can take a step back and, and get back to some fundamentals. Yeah. It went on to say that in the last year, I guess, July 8th, 2017, Mm. less than a year, 47 of about 120 employees had left. Yeah. That's those are some pretty big attrition numbers. Yeah, you had said about forty percent. So, that's that's huge. Or, to leave on their own, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll have yeah. that in the show notes. So, <laughs> if if anyone listening is interested in mining this article for for more information, but it is just kind of astonishing. <laughs> what, it is. Yeah. What goes on within companies sometimes. So I found something crowdfunding related that popped up on my radar and I had to share it. I'm not quite sure how to present it aside from it is definitely crowdfunding and we have run into several situations where we've seen campaigns that are in essence support my lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that lifestyle might ha- might happen to be, whether it's videography, whether it's uh, performance art or whatever, uh, I found this article that described a GoFundMe for someone who you can't argue isn't saying, please support me in my lifestyle. Um, but I think there's a key difference here. This is the GoFundMe for Mohammed Bazik called the foster father who over the past decades has fostered children who are terminally ill in Los Angeles who have no one else. They're in the foster care system for whatever reason, whether their parents are no longer in the picture due to sometimes incarceration or whatever. But these children are in foster care and have nowhere else to go and they're terminally ill and he takes them in and often takes them in and takes care of them until they pass away 
He, they say he has buried about 10 children. Some have died in his arms while he cares for them. He's currently taking care of a six-year-old foster girl with a rare brain defect who's blind and deaf, has seizures, her arms and legs are paralyzed, but he just holds her, gives her love, tries to make her feel like there's somebody out there that loves her. And it's just, I uh, watched the video and I'm, you know, I'm tearing up and, and, uh, it's something else. This guy's got an enormous heart. So I feel like if there's anyone in the world whose lifestyle, I wouldn't mind supporting through crowdfunding. It's this guy. Uh, he had a, well, whoever set it up, it wasn't him that set it up. Somebody set it up for him, uh, had a hundred thousand dollar initial goal. Whenever I last looked, it was just over $500,000 that had been, donated and they're going to use, you know, he's going to use it to, I don't think he had air conditioning. He's going to get like an air conditioner for his home, pay for food, pay for rent. Um, he had a run in with colon cancer, so he might have some lingering medical bills, but my goodness, this guy's heart. I just, uh, I was touched. So that's why I put it in there. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. The guy's heart is just so so large um it takes a special kind of person right yeah because you get you might to give that amount of love to someone knowing that they're terminal knowing that Mm -hmm. they've only got a period and having to then watch them pass oh my lord have mercy oh yeah okay so (laughs) yeah i'll share that in the show notes it's Uh, certainly an emotional emotional story um but there's you know there's i don't know i guess it shows the positive side of crowdfunding as well yeah where like you mentioned five hundred and forty four thousand dollars yeah ten thousand people over ten thousand people have donated ten thousand people found it in their hearts to give money for this guy to continue to like and like i said air conditioning uh, a new van. He had a 2003 van that wasn't doing so well. He's getting roof repairs. I mean, it's not like he's buying Ferraris or anything like that. Or, or what was that guy doing? Going to clubs and the, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, instead, he's taking care of terminally old children. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, and I don't it looks mean like to... even just the 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 graphic at the head of the GoFundMe. You know, is from a piece. I guess it was done on PBS NewsHour. Yep. So that just gives some legitimacy to oh, this, sure. this whole story as well. Yeah. So yeah. I just had to. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, "Yeah, I need to. I need to mention that." So. Yep. I'm glad you did. That's <laughs> great. I mean, it's a great I story. Like, nope. like I said, emotional, but also in some ways pretty heartwarming. Yep. Uh, well, shall we move on to the? Mentionable zone. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Come on, Umkar Plut. I miss that. <laughs> it's so fun to do. I've got so many mentionable. Yeah. I think the first one we should talk about is the one that we both discovered and we both almost backed, which was the micro wallet. That's really funny that less. out of all the projects now, we opened up all of Kickstarter. Yep. We both found this micro wallet. Yep, and almost backed it. Right. 
<laughs> so you want to tell the folks what that one is? Well, it's just simply the wallet to perfected. Mm. <laughs> it's just, That's it's, all. It's just a wallet. And it's made out of Tyvek. So it's super slim, super light. They even put in RFID blocking, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, fabric on both sides. So it's going to protect your your credit cards from skimmers. And that's really the end of it. They come in tons of different cool designs and colors. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat that they had graphic designers designing covers and and patterns and, and artwork for these wallets. They're all interesting i don't know did you did you pick one that you would have gone with or were you going to stick with the graphite or jet black or leather i, I kind of liked that graphite one just for some reason mm, okay. what about you uh honestly same yeah okay yeah i was See, we would have backed the too. exact same thing yeah yeah i i like this because i use a wallet very similar to this. I don't know if you've seen my wallet, but it, it, well, it's extremely similar. It, it, for those that haven't seen this one, but go, go take a look at it. It aims to hold up to eight credit cards and also cash in it as well. And it's a folding wallet, which is different from mine. Mine isn't a folder. It's basically got three pockets on each side and then a, and then and it's roughly it's just over credit card sized. Uh and then it's got a pouch in the center of it that you can put cash in. And that's that's how I use it. But I thought this one was more slim and more compact, which was nice. The thing that kind of turned me away was I don't really want paper wallet which essentially is what tyvek is it's a, it's it's admittedly a special kind of paper those of you that have received things from in the mail from like uh, the post service postal service or something like that or fedex fedex yep. material right that's the those fedex envelopes or or the yeah yeah that's you the can't one. tear it no it's, it's it's strong material and it's interesting but I don't know that I want a wallet made out of that. It just doesn't fit into my worldview of what a wallet is, especially for... You want the George, George Costanza wallet. Yeah, especially for 20 bucks. I, 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 can't, I can't fathom a paper wallet for 20 bucks. Maybe that makes me a bad person, but it just didn't, just didn't work in my head. That was the same thing for me. It was the, the $20 price tag, plus I know I'd want the coin pouch. <laughs> And the coin pouch add-on was another $13. So for me, I was looking at $33 mm. to, to get into this wallet lifestyle. <laughs> and I just wasn't ready for that. Because you I actually what? still like to be able to, to rally up some coins. What do you do with your coins? You had mentioned the coin purse and and how coin management is is not high on people's priorities list what do you do with coins because i i'll be honest with you do you know what i primarily do with coins i don't know i i throw them away (laughs) i don't i don't use them i was gonna say that coin management is probably not a huge deal in america not as big a big a deal as other places but Mm. i always feel like when i'm in canada Okay, yeah. I start making little purchases all over. I buy a sandwich here, a cup of coffee there. And next thing you know, I sit down 
and change rolls out of my pocket, <laughs> just like a waterfall. And it's like $73 in coins, just barrels out of my pocket because of all those one and two dollar coins in circulation right. yeah you know like i'm kind of glad in, in that the us haven't... yeah i drop some change and i look and i go eh, 17 cents yes eh. in canada i drop my coins and i'm like 30 and you're out 220 dollars right. yeah so i'm, I'm from... really glad that america hasn't embraced the greater than dollar or dollar and greater coins because I don't like coins. They take up too much space. It makes me feel all medieval. I want to walk around with a big like leather sack <laughs> of <it's>... coins. <laughs> just when I'm going to a pay ducket. for a hotel room, just toss a, a sack of gold <laughs> under the counter. <laughs> with a clang. That's, yeah. that's the way I feel like whenever I'm traveling in Europe or, or Canada. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. So anyway, so that's the way I felt. Like I kind of... Felt like I would need to get the coin mm-hmm. situation too, and the wallet and the coin purse thirty three dollars. Yeah, although it's probably the totally the thing that if I were somewhere and saw that wallet next to a checkout counter, I might consider picking up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the micro wallet. Yeah. So we, we found some we other found, things, Brian. Yeah, go for it, dude. I was just gonna say, you know, we don't want this to. Stretch out for a six-hour introductory season two episode. <laughs> but there were a lot of other things that I found in the mentionable zone as we were just as I was anyway digging through Kickstarter this time around. Yeah, and uh, you know some of these had heftier price tags than others. Hmm. So I just wanted to call out a couple, if that's okay. Sure, if the court will allow. So one and frankly, I, was, I had found many of the same things too so we will mention them yeah so one of the ones i was really excited about was the future of mobile filmmaking anamorphic battery gimbal so this is a project by moment and i don't know if you're familiar with moment but they create no after like really high quality aftermarket lens accessories for primarily for cell phones Hmm. so you could screw on like fisheye or wide lenses or 2x or macro lenses and they've had a lot of success in the past on Kickstarter. They came back to Kickstarter with this anamorphic lens, which just looked super fly, man. It looks crazy dope. And I really <laughs> wanted it. And if you watched any of the presentation videos or if you've gone on YouTube or Instagram and see them continue to hype up this lens, anamorphic lenses give you that super cinematic look and oh, feel, yeah. including those horizontal lens flares that you'll mm. see like when you watch stranger things and you like you see a flashlight shine in to the camera lens and you get that cool horizontal lens flare oh yeah that's what the anamorphic lens can can do for you um so i really loved it i was just hovering with my finger above the <laughs> select this reward button but it's the lens is 100 ish dollars You need the Moment case to go with it. And they have some really cool battery cases and some other accessories. At the end of the day, I'm not making film right now that I really feel like I could take advantage of this lens. So I know that it's out there now. And I feel like if I am in the position where I need to make something with a cool anamorphic feel to it, that this this is going to come to market and I'll be able to pick it up at some time later for retail. So... I know it's going to be out there in the future. 
Fair enough. But I want it. <laughs> okay. So that'll be what you got next. Uh, next up, I saw. What else did I like? Mm, oh, the the coffee roaster. Yeah. The Kelvin home roaster. I, one, I was tempted by this one. I really was. I didn't know if you'd seen it because I was oh, trying yeah. to think. Like we talk about our pseudo coffee snobberish, our bougie <laughs> coffee AeroPress <laughs> making at work, and we get made fun of a little bit by people because we have to grind our beans and, and press it right there instead of just using the K cup. And I just started to wonder: Is this the next stage of our it coffee bougieness? Yeah. I mean, is this an achievement we need to unlock? <laughs> Roasting our own beans. You know, Larry sells green beans, right? You can get unroasted beans. They no longer have that on their website. <gasps> I actually called them today and asked if they would sell me some green beans, and they're going to get back to me. Okay. So, irrespective of the Kelvin Home Coffee Roaster Kickstarter, I am starting to think about maybe I should do my own home roasting. It feels natural. I it mean, does. you're already making your own beer. Yep. This is just... Already fermenting my own sauerkraut. Oh, God, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, this is natural. Yeah, it's, it's the only logical. A little pricey. Uh, yeah, so they pled, I think the starting pledge was 230 yeah. 229 which compared to other kind of entry-level hot air roasters seems about right. Okay. I mean, of course, you can just get the $20 popcorn popper, hot air popper. <laughs> And roasting and get it that, just I as think. Good? I think people have good success with it. I think the thing the popcorn maker doesn't do is give you like chaff management when your coffee's roasting. It's just going to blow chaff all over the place because there's <laughs> not, no nothing to catch it. Sure, that's what a dedicated coffee roasting system will give you. I think, but I don't know. Stay tuned. There will be yeah. adventures in home roasting. I'm sure to come. The home roasting zone. <laughs> it's going to be our other <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So uh, the one that I found, and I actually had thought that you were going to back this. I really thought I had you. I was trying to predict what Rumphy was going to find. I thought you were going to back The Empires of Eve Volume 2. Yeah. Uh, we had talked about The Empires of Eve Volume 1 on a previous episode, and... I don't think you got in on it, right? I didn't. No, and you had a little backer regret in terms of not getting in. And so whenever I saw this one, I was like, "Oh my gosh. This gives Chris the opportunity to make good on a missed campaign from before. I thought maybe you would go all in and back the highest level which gets you hard copies of both <laughs> volume 1 and volume 2." So I really, I really thought that 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 I had you. I thought that you were going to back this, but uh, I have you looked at the text at all, like I didn't. the existing text, because no. the first one is available on Amazon as at least an ebook. I think you can also get a a hardcover, or softcover, or actual paper, but. The ebook is online, and you can do the look inside thing and read like the first five pages of it. And so I took a gander at it, and it it does strike me as interesting. So I was I was a little tempted to get in there, but but I I just knew that I had you. I knew you were going to be doing it, but you didn't. That's okay. 
Well, when you asked if it was a three-letter word, I thought you mm-hmm. were going to pin me as being the Woots EDC knife. Oh, EDC. Yeah, mm. so I, I thought EDC. I was like, that's not really a word. So does he actually have me pegged? Because I was, <laughs> I was really flirting with backing that little pocket knife, too, which was just a really small pocket knife with, a, I think, a neat-looking industrial design and had the neat thing of having a bottle opener in the end of it. Hmm. Huh, but, yeah. And not bad priced, but I found something else that it is pretty for cool. whatever reason uh I thought tickled my fancy a little bit better and fit the theme of today's episode too. Nineteen pounds for this EDC? Yeah, and I think uh or Euros, the next level up was basically buy two, get one free, so three for the price of two. Wow. So you could pick up about three knives for fifty ish bucks. That's actually pretty pretty well priced for what i'm seeing that's what i thought too it's decent wow. steel as well yeah that's surprising huh okay well is that it for the mentionable zone i think so have we tapped it out yeah all there's, right there's another zombie side project out there but i'm kind of burnt out on that <laughs> especially since cool mini or not kind of did not deliver strongly with uh massive darkness i mean they delivered on time it's just the game was wholly not play tested and Oh. I'm kind of wondering if uh, they should spend a little more time playtesting and less time wham, wham. just cranking things out on Kickstarter. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. let's get to the Backed Zone. And this week, Season 2, we're starting off with Life Hacks. And these were campaigns that aim to make some part of your life easier or more efficient, or more organized, let's say. Uh, And so would you like to kick us off, or do you want me to head in? I can take it. I'll take it right from from the top. Do it! Mm. I'm just... Allergies, dude. All this mucus, I'm just tongue-tied tonight. It's crazy. That's... Okay. Uh, What did I back, Brian? I backed... I don't know. You don't know? Well, I don't. I'm going to lay it on you. I backed... (laughs) The Expand Quick Release Lacing System by Charles Harris. Mm. I backed shoelaces. <laughs> I backed shoelaces. That's, There's no uh, other way to, to say uh, it. I backed shoelaces. It's weird to say the product looked neat to me, but the product kind of looked neat to me. And the risk uh, seemed minimal as well. So, the shoelaces. I backed my so let me talk about what this is. Okay. Expands a shoelace, Brian. Now, I I see that. I don't know if it's too much to call this a brand new kind of shoelace system. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. Maybe shoelace system is pretty... That's probably too grandiose, but that, I guess the terminology <laughs> suffices. So these laces are basically just long elastic cords, basically a bungee cord. And... You lace them, you lace your, you know, you go through the little eyelets on your shoe, you lace them up, and they are secured at the top instead of tying them in a bow or double knot or whatever you might do with a traditional shoelace. They have this innovative clipping system that secures them at the top. And installing these laces looks super simple. You basically, like I said, you just lace them up, you you pull the the two free ends, you know, at the top of your shoe's tongue together, you cut them to the desired length, and then you have this little plastic uh, 
end cap yeah i was gonna say aglet but yeah end cap oh, okay. is probably a better man better word that, that holds the two laces together and then they have this little piece of plastic this clip which kind of is in place of where you would normally do your like loop and tie bow, bow tie yeah. situation yeah right so to put them on you simply put your foot in you pull the the shoelaces tight and then let go boom your shoe is done. done. There's no bending uh. over, lacing, all that. Uh, and to, to unlace them, you simply pull up and then flick that little tab forward and your shoes release their tension. I just thought it was really cool. It um, is. I could, I could think back to from the times that I'd had a really bad bout with throwing my back out and I oh. had to have my wife tie my <laughs> shoes for me. <laughs> you're, you're thinking like, of your loved ones like i could just think through this like the times where i've had my back go out and it's just really it's hard to bend over and get your shoes tied that boom life hack dude get some new shoelaces <laughs> increase your shoelace game so i liked the idea and the other thing the story behind Expand is really inspiring. When you watch the video, when you watch Charles Harris present the laces, you find out that he talks about joint pain, tremors, migraines, all stemming from his uh, battle with West Nile virus. Oh, man. So th- this isn't a, necessarily a new system. Two years ago, he had put forward Expand, a flat lace system. And at this, that time, he was using his product, as he said, out of necessity because he was having these tremors and just joint pain. And he was right. just using his own product to get his shoes on easier. And now they're back with Expand, the, this round lacing system where the design is simpler, we're using less parts and that kind of stuff. And that's the yeah. Expand story. I just thought the story was great. I thought the product looked really cool. And it was kind of weird to be geeking out about shoelaces, but <laughs> at the end of the day... I backed shoelaces. So they are currently at $85,082, and their goal was only, actually more than that now, $85,713 since yeah. the time we've been talking. Yep. And their original goal was 8500 Tenfold. So, yep. They're killing it. They've got 2,572 backers right now, still 42 days to go, and this campaign closes on May 31st. So... If you're out there and you want to, like I said, level up your shoe game, level up your <laughs> shoe lace game especially, check these out. They look great. I, I might I might have to get in. I, I'm very annoyed by my shoelaces, and so I might have to do it. Because I, you know, we run at lunch, mm-hmm. so you got you to gotta lace up your shoes in the morning. You get to lunchtime, you take off your shoes, you put on your running shoes, you got to lace those up, you get back, you shower, you take off those shoes, you put back on your dress shoes, you lace those up. You know, I've then spent, what, like 30 seconds just tying shoes. That's time I could get back, Chris. <laughs> it is. Think about all that time every day. <laughs> uh, you can you can life hack it right here by getting your shoelaces all uh, in order. Get your house in order. I might actually do it. Because they're not expensive. It's nine bucks for one. Yeah, nine bucks for one. I actually backed at the level of three, uh, the three pack. Oh, wow. Which was 20 bucks. 
And then there's a family pack where you can get six for 32 bucks. I might get the office party. 18 so. packs for 105 bucks. Yeah. Like I said, they're not, they're not inexpensive, but they're also shoelaces. They're not crazy <laughs> expensive. Right. I also do like that compared to a regular shoelace, that elastic bungee material, I can sort of see them having a little more compression. Like mm. that elasticity, I think, seems in my mind anyway, that perhaps it'll, you know, hug, hug the contours of your feet a little bit. Yeah, better. I could see that. That's an interesting so, concept. Yeah, I'm interested in trying them out. I'm looking forward to them. Like I said, I think the risk is super minimal as well that sure. they've already had product out in the past. That So it's not a fly-by-night operation. And cool, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. Over shoelaces. I backed shoelaces. Go figure. <laughs> so uh, that's it, man. What'd you find? So you're going you're gonna to kind of laugh, I think, at... at why I wanted this. But the thing that I chose to back was the Master Links Titanium Carabiner and Quick Release Key System. Have you seen this thing? I did see it. Have you seen the mechanism that they use to connect the carabiner to the key things? It I looks, just love it. It looks like one of those magic puzzles. It does! So... The the tagline is a minimalist quick-release key carry system offering an innovative and clever new way to organize and carry your keys with ease. These are lightweight titanium products, and they feature a quick-release mechanism that I admit I haven't seen before. They The main carabiner has, how would you describe this, a cutout. In the shape of, um, uh, <laughs> you're right. It's really it's difficult hard to, to describe. describe. It really like, is. They, the it comes to a mind. point that meets at a ninety degree angle, and the other side, and 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 the loop is broken by this, the the this point that they both meet at a ninety degree angle. The all of the other pieces also have this similar type of cut in it. And if you push them together to where they're, they're two 90-degree angled pieces match up, they just kind of slide together, and then they're connected. The really nice thing is, unless you are really explicitly trying to pull them apart, it's extremely unlikely that the pieces are going to mesh together and come apart accidentally which is the thing that I have happen. And do you know what I'm going to use this for, Chris? I don't. I'm going to take a picture, more than likely, unless there's unless somebody tells me Are that... You hold your given, keys on it? Huh? You want to put your keys on it? I am. My RV keys. Ah. I've got roughly 1,200 keys to that doggone rolling behemoth. No joke. I've got... Okay, so that was a bit of an exaggeration, but I've got roughly... 900 keys. 20 keys of varying types. What? Yes. How is that possible? There's the ignition key. There's the door deadbolt key. There's the door lock key. There's the key for the outdoor TV. There's the key for the driver's door. There's the key for the compartments, the bays. Then there's all the keys for all the towing stuff, like like the lockable things for the 
the hitches. There's there's just keys galore. <laughs> That's stressing and, me out. <laughs> yeah. So now I want you to picture me with all of these keys in my pocket, and I have this one set of four that I carry pretty much all the time whenever we're in the RV that has like the ignition, the door keys, the bay keys, and the gas can or the gas key for the gas cap. And what I'm going to do is these have little miniature things that allow you to organize your keys into like sets of three. Perfect. I've got, I'll have the one main set that I can connect everything up. Whenever we're getting ready to go on a trip, I just grab that entire thing and I bring it in QB. Then I can take off via this quick release mechanism, the four fundamental keys and pop that in my pocket and leave the mass of other keys that I don't really need on the, it's just, it's just beautiful. But this quick release mechanism is possibly the, the coolest, simplest thing ever. I, I really love it. And so this was, and the reason I want it is because I can't tell you the number of times that I've had those keys in my pocket and the crappy keychains that it's on come loose or break. And then I've just, I'm playing 20 key pickup in the parking lot with keys bouncing all over the place. Yeah. And so I really feel like this thing was tailor made for me. Life hack. That, that is, it's going to organize your life. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's cool looking. It yeah, is. Yeah. That locking mechanism looks. Isn't it slick? Really, really neat. I kind of want that to be the, uh, <laughs> be the, the picture for this week's episode because I, it's just so good. Yeah. I think you should put it up there. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So hmm. that's what I found. I like it. They did a good job with the campaign, too. The product photos are really nice. Oh, yeah. So I backed this at the mini ring set, uh, which gives me three of the interchangeable titanium mini links. And uh, I think this will be perfect for maintaining those those individual sets of keys for me. And I can store them separately. So I'm I'm... I'm excited about that. Uh, this project ends on Wednesday, May 16th. There's 27 days to go. It hasn't quite met its goal yet. Uh, it's sitting at $30,000 with a goal of 32000 So I'm almost positive they will make it. Yeah. But I just, that quick release mechanism just made me so happy. I think something would have to go terribly wrong for them not to make it. Mm-hmm. So and uh, oh yeah, they're estimated delivery in August too. So that's not too far. Yeah, I like it, dude. That's that's a good one. So that was life hacks. The theme for season two, or season two, episode one, life hacks. And uh, did we ever come up with a theme for episode two? We didn't, did we? Yeah, it was theater. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me do it, Chris. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we we didn't yet, it. as far as I can recall. Okay, that's all um, right. We'll figure it out before next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll, we'll tweet it We'll post it, out. it on Twitter at some point. Yeah. Send out a tweet. Yeah. And uh, if there's anything people out there want to hear us try and go after, make some suggestions. 
Yeah, please. We are all ears. That's it, man. I don't have much else for today. Me neither. So, uh, why don't you get us out of here? Will do. That's all of our time for today. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Backers is produced by Brian Dupuis and Chris Rumpf. You can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at, at @backerspodcast or individually at coldforged and at rumpy. Join us again next time and until then, back responsibly. Yeah.